Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3, Trios of Horror. And for our cold open, throw it over to Nick. Well, I'm actually going to throw it because we have a very special guest. Uh, Chris Brazzo from Classic Simpsons Trivia in Toronto is going to do a nice little impression of her own. Chris, take it away. I don't think this is a very good idea. I must have to say, I cheated a little bit. Typically, we don't know what we're going to say, uh, or I guess the person who's not doing uh, the impression typically doesn't know the impressionese character. This time, I cheated a little bit and asked our very special guest, Chris Brazzo, to do her Marge impression because I absolutely love it when she does it at Simpsons Trivia. And this is Chris Brazzo. Thank you very much for joining us as our very first special guest. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. And I, I consider my Marge impression to be Bart's impression of Marge. I think that's a little <laughs> more accurate sounding. It, it, you're right. It reminds me. Now that you say that, it reminds me of when like Bart's playing the tape of his impression of Marge. And uh, yeah, Marge, that's not my voice. And oh, everyone thinks whatever Homer says about uh, uh, everyone thinks they line? sound different when they hear their voice on tape. Exactly. See, and Chris uh, knows sure all the lines. Can. I know it's perfect. And that's why we are so glad to have uh, Chris on this episode. Uh, Shane and I, we have gone to uh, Simpsons trivia in Toronto before. Um, Had a blast. Had a lot of fun. Uh, fun. Chris, before we get too far into things, why don't you tell all our listeners about Simpsons trivia uh, and where they can go, how they can participate? Yeah. Uh, so Woohoo Classic Simpsons Trivia takes place the second Wednesday of every month at the Dive Shop in uh, in Toronto. There are affiliates in several other cities. Uh, Chicago has one. Vancouver, I think, is still up and running. We were in Ann Arbor for a while and in Brooklyn. Uh, so there's a couple little, if you if you like the Woohoo brand, it's basically, a you know, uh, all the, all the trivias are structured similarly, where we do three amazing rounds of trivia and we watch three cromulent episodes with a crowd of people who all love the show and who think they know the show better than you, uh, which they don't. No one knows the show <laughs> <laughs> better than myself or Matt Smith, uh, who is my uh, uh, question writer slash bane of everyone else's existence whenever he writes a theme round. Um, and it's just a... Honestly, it's a, just a great time. Uh, recently, we just, I think it's our 12th anniversary. We've been doing this a while. Uh, and we just had Diorama Rama to celebrate. Uh, October, we're going to have a Halloween costume contest. And at Christmas, we usually do a uh, raffle giveaway with some very uh, cromulent prizes from across the eras of uh, Simpsony uh, goodness. Like action figures, puzzles, books, all Pez dispensers I found. Uh, a lot of weird stuff. Uh, to give away stuffed stuffed things. I don't know things things to give away. Things and and like for for instance, one of these things that um, Chris is uh, uh, talking about. I've won one of these raffles before, and there are some really cool uh, things that they give away. I have the giant stone cutters poster. Uh, I won that one year. Um, I've won a couple of other things. Uh, I think I, I have a Mrs. Krabappel. I've won an Artie Ziff. I've won a couple of other. Uh, things so definitely if you are in the Toronto area 
please go check it out. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Just to even even if you don't oh, win, because uh, you you might not win because some of the questions. Chris isn't lying. She's not being cocky. Nobody knows the show better than Chris. Like the the knowledge, the Simpsons knowledge that she has is outstanding, and uh, it's just a wonderful time. So please uh, get out if you can. Yeah, even if you don't win anything, it's the memories you get along the way, right? Indeed, it's so much fun. Indeed, and that's what Simpsons is all about, right? That's why Shane and I. This is why we're doing this, this together. particular yeah. podcast, right? We wanted to see if Simpsons was as good as we remembered it being growing up, and and all the nice memories that we had. Uh, from it when we were kids so we're going to take uh, uh, a very uh, special episode for for i think especially for you shane because it's trios oh, yeah. of horror but before Lots we get you. there i know you do i know you love your your halloween uh theme but before we get to the the meat of this one uh a couple of polls i threw up on our twitter page at simpsons underscore ebe uh based on our last two episodes because i was very curious chris i'm curious to see what you will uh say about this one as well so back in bart gets an f we were talking about what was going on in the world in the fall of 1990 uh super mario 3 it was still the top game in north america and so i said you know what what's the best mario of all time or mario to the layperson but i said is it super mario 3 super mario world uh super mario 64 or another if uh if there's one that you really like uh get at us uh can you guess uh the winner shane first who do you think who do you think won that poll Mm. I'm going to go with number three. You're going to go Mario 64? Chris, what about yeah. yourself? I was going to say Mario 64, but you guys didn't even put on Super Mario RPG. That was a great game. Super go. Mario yeah. RPG was very... It, it, that was a really fun game. I don't think it, 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 it... Like People, when they think of Mario, think those were the top three. We did have somebody say that, they, that we should have put Mario Galaxy uh, on there, but the top vote-getter with 39.3% was indeed Super Mario World, which uh, that one's my favorite as well. I, I do enjoy that one. I really like the map in that one, just the map overlay mm-hmm. and all the neat little things uh, that you could find. And then in Simpson and Delilah, uh, we talked about uh, thinning hair and hair loss. I shaved my head. I said, you know what? If uh, if you've got the thinning hair, just, just shave it off. Just shave it. So I said, what is the best option? Is that the best option? Do you just shave it? Do you go with the Rogaine or Minoxidil? Uh, do you just go with the straight greasy comb over or do you get hair plugs? Um, what do you think was the, the winner in that, Chris? Oh, I think just shave it. Cause that's what my partner does. There you go. Yeah. A whopping 64.7% said, uh, just shave it. But I am very surprised because greasy comb over got more votes than, uh, hair plugs. Hair plugs are pretty expensive. You don't need to go that if you yeah, want a greasy really comb over. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just go that route. So, uh, if you have any ideas for polls uh, or you want to see what our next one is, head to at Simpsons underscore E-B-E uh, on Twitter. Now, Shane, you also ended the last episode with something I've never even, at least I don't think I've seen before, the Simpsons KFC commercial, right? Yeah, exclusively to Canada uh, yeah, only. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're curious about a visual, you can just type in KFC Simpsons Canada and it'll pop right up on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I found that during my... Um, one of my YouTube rabbit holes, finding content for the end kind of music score. I thought it was really fun. I, wa- I wanted KFC afterwards. Did you get KFC? I didn't know. Oh, I want some still. Yeah, I know. You can, it, it's, there's only so much KFC you can handle. It's it's pretty greasy. Um, I still think the Butterfinger commercial stands out to me the most as like the definitive oh, yeah, the Simpsons commercial. What about you, Chris? Is there one that really sticks out in your head? I think the Butterfinger ones are probably 
probably the biggest ones that yeah. got played the most for us up here. Um, other than that, other than the ads for the actual show on Fox, but right, you know, right. I don't think yeah. that I don't think you guys are counting those. No, we won't count those. It's it's neat <laughs> to see them in in product placement though around uh, anything. It's it's so crazy to see how The Simpsons kind of seeps its way into every facet in life, be it food or transportation or whatever it may be, clothing, um, and how quickly it exploded, as we, we kind of talked about in uh, the first episode of season two. And um, by the fall, like it was just a, an insanely huge show. It had such a huge um, following right off the bat. And uh, so this was an episode here uh, with Trios of Horror where they did something completely different. This really hadn't been done... I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head that would have been even similar to this in having three different story arcs, basing them off of uh, past, you know, scary stories and having a specific Halloween theme episode like this. I can't really recall anything that would have been like this in the fall of 1990. Can you guys? Not in terms of primetime TV. The only thing that may have been similar I mean, just in a similar vein, just because it's horror would be if you watched Tales from the Crypt on HBO. Mm. That'd gotcha. be the only thing. That's right. That's right. Because then th there were shows that eventually um, would follow that kind of format, I think, later in the 90s. What was that show on YTV? It was like a cockroach and a worm. Remember that show? And it had three different uh, stories. Creepy stories. Yeah. yeah. Creepy stories. Yeah. 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 Creepy stories. That was, that was a good one. Um, kind of reminded me a little bit about this. It, it seems like it was... Maybe not a direct inspiration, but kind of indirect. I don't know. But well, uh, we also had uh, "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Oh yes, as well. yes, we but did. it was right. only like a single story. It was scary, but not too scary. Which you know, the Simpsons ones weren't. They were they were a little spooky, but they weren't completely like scared out of your pants like Homer is. Right, exactly, and it, it's uh, and same with Goosebumps too. Similar mm -hmm. similar thing. Uh, single story. Um, not too scary. There were some creepy ones, but like it was still mainly focused on the, well, I guess you can't, you can't really call goosebumps the plot. Some of them were kind of hokey, but th you get the point. They were, they were made for kids to be a little bit spooked out and kind of get them into the horror genre, I guess, if that makes sense. I want to say um, one of the big reasons why no one else was doing three different story arcs in one episode is it's, it's difficult to come up with ideas. Time right? consuming too, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so they, they didn't want to do Trios of Horror every year, but people loved it so much that they kind of had to. Was this, I, I don't recall ever having read it. Was this supposed to be a one-off? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but I, I believe the DVD commentary for this episode, they discussed that like they kind of wish they never did this because they had to do one every year since. I remember, and I could be, I could be wrong because now that, you know, a, a certain certain mouse has every episode up all the time. I don't have to go back to my DVDs that are wearing out uh, <laughs> and listening to the commentaries. Um, I thought they, they did it because they thought it would be fun, but they found it was kind of hard to condense a story into seven minutes, just, you know, kind of like in the old Bugs Bunny, Betty Boop cartoons. It had to be short where they couldn't draw the story out and put more into it. But once they saw the response, they were kind of like, ah, some writers didn't like it, and some writers just reveled in it. Um, and we found that with 22 short films about Springfield as well, where, you know, they've been asked to do another one, and everyone's like, mm, that was a lot of work to try to coordinate. So. Yeah, that, that makes sense. 
because now you're doing completely different backgrounds, completely different character designs. It's not just the house, the school. You have to create a whole bunch of new newness for the episodes, right? So that made everything tricky. And the tombstone gags, right? Like they, I know the writers had a, a trouble after a while coming up with funny uh, tombstone gags, uh, and eventually they just kind of gave up on that because you're right. There's only so there's only so much you can do, and sometimes it's just the 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 strain on the creativity there. It just becomes too much, and you you don't want to force it. You want to become unnatural because then it just doesn't become funny uh, if you do end up going that that route. So this is the first one. So. Uh, with with first in general, whether it be the first episode of an entire series or kind of first time they go to do something special, um, it can be a little bit uh, not as good as the other ones, the ones we become accustomed to. Um, even just going back to our summary of uh, season one, Chris, we said that, uh, you know, if you could best describe season one as the seeds, the seeds are being planted here. Um you know, they're, 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 the tree's growing into what this monster giant tree, uh, the Simpsons, would become. But is Treehouse of Horror an exception? From what you remember, is this episode one that hits the mark right off the bat? Oh, it's like an 8 or 9 out of 10 for me. Easily. You're, you're going to go that high right off the bat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Um, what What is it about this particular episode that, uh, that kind of makes you instinctively go, yeah, 8 or 9? Uh, what what kind of memories do you have of this one that, that latch onto that such a strong rating? Uh, I'm a big fan of horror in the first place. So right. this got me right out of the gate. Um, the fact that there are three very different stories as well. So you've got one that's about aliens, you've got Edgar Allan Poe. So it just kind of runs the little bit of the gamut of of horror where it's like either space horror or like uh, existential horror um, great interpretation of the Raven, great reading by Dan Castellaneta and, uh, James Earl Jones, uh, with just enough humor spliced in to these to still make it comfortable and palpable to, uh, a more mainstream audience. So it's like, you didn't kill the Simpsons, uh, you kind of did the Twilight Zone, which was what really appealed to me. Um, was the animation perfect? No. Uh, but I give grace to the earlier seasons because they're still finding their footing and they're still refining the character designs. Uh, I thought it was great. The, a lot of the shots were really difficult to do, uh, especially in The Raven, uh, with a lot of the transitions. David Silverman worked really hard trying to make that stuff seamless. Uh, so I would watch this episode again and again and again. Uh, it holds up. And Bart trying to do the little gags where it's like, oh yeah, well maybe you'll be terrified about this severed finger! <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I think it's great. Shane, I have a feeling you're going to say something very similar. Oh yeah, it's an 8 out of 10 for me as well. I There's a reason why I watch it every year. I, I never get bored of it. Around October, I always throw this on. Mm-hmm. Well, I throw all of them on, but still, I always start with this one. Uh, I thought it was really ballsy of them to even include the Raven, uh, considering... Maybe at the time people had a notion that it was just kind of like a kid's show. And, you know, I, I would say that most kids that watched The Raven, they didn't really fully understand what was going on. I feel like that was more for the adult audience, and I'm glad they included that for sure. Bold move indeed to include The Raven, because even the adult audience, you wonder how many people really 
I know they, they kind of address it somewhat like head on, but how many people really uh, understood that? And the fact, like you said, Chris, that they were able to package that into a seven minute segment as one part of three in an episode and still make it entertaining and still kind of add the Simpsons flair to it. I, um, I have to agree with you guys. So Shane, you went with an eight, Chris, what's your, what's your final pre-rating going to be? You're going to go eight, 8.5. You can do decimal points. Uh, 8.5. I am also going to go uh, with an eight. That will be my highest uh, pre-rating yet. Shane, that's your highest as well. Um, Yeah. Because I think you two are hundred percent right in that this is one you can go back to again and again and again, whether it be rated in October for Halloween time, uh, even if you're just having a marathon of, of trios of horror, even, even as a one-off because it's still really cool. Um, even if you're watching it in the middle of July, if, if, if it's that kind of episode where it's, it's themed around something, but you can still watch it in a different time and really enjoy it again and again, then you've got something special. Um, I don't think it's as good, uh, as some of the ones that are about to come in the future seasons, but I'm still going to be pretty generous with my rating and say it's, it's a solid, solid effort. And uh, an eight seems pretty, uh, pretty justified, but who knows? I could be wrong. We've rambled a good bit about it. So why don't we, let's just get to the episode. All right, Shane, count us down to the episode. All right. And here we go, everybody. So this is Treehouse of horror and this opening so I, I wasn't alive when this when this happened, but I remember watching this as a, as a very young kid. I'm going to say like five, six. I didn't understand that this was a joke. I thought this was an actual warning that like this is going to be seriously scary and you maybe shouldn't watch it. So the first time, I th- I'm pretty sure I actually turned it off after Marge's speech here. Yeah, my mother wouldn't let me watch it because she saw this. My parents were fine. Uh, it's actually an homage to an old, uh, the beginning of an old Universal film that they put a warning on it uh, because it was too scary. So it's actually an incredibly old throwback. Does, would you be surprised if you found out that that was Schwarzwelder who came up with that? Because he's like the guy who loves to come up with those really old, obscure throwbacks, right? Not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, if it was no, him. not at all. I love Halloween. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's see what the kids are up to. And the police And I like this intro. It's a good way of kind of getting into uh that the, instead of just starting, it sets the tone as like, ooh, it's Halloween, the kids are Homer's sneaking, sneaking around, getting candy, which is kind of silly. Um, and Lisa tells a bad scary story and it's like, okay, well you tell one scarier. Flashlight, please. Kind of yeah, it, the fact too that Homer's still trick or treating as a adult shows that he's still basically a big kid. Yeah, just for the candy. Yeah, a lot accomplished there. Yeah, good opening. It's better than just going straight into it without context. So the house is based off of the the Psycho House, right? That's all of it. The actual look that, of it, or is it? Well, the well, the look of it, I think, is um, the, what's happening inside the house is based on the Amityville Horror. Because there's a right. guys in the house, causing all sorts of chaos. James Earl Jones does the voice of a random mover. They had him, so and they were paying him, so have him do as, what he, as many voices as he can. And why not, right? Because why not? Do you want to utilize that voice? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never noticed the Life in Hell rabbit there before. That, that yeah, it, the it pops up a lot. It's one of Maggie's little stuffed animals. It pops up in her crib a lot too. 
100. Yeah, that's right. Probably just Interesting. This ketchup certainly could use a woman's touch. Homer! What's this thing in the corner? This is actually a really well animated vortex. Yeah, it holds up. Is the, the vortex a specific reference to anything? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of. It's like this whole thing is just a combination of different horror movies that were popular before this came out, like Poltergeist and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So it's kind of got a little bit of everything in it. Which is pretty great, and horror really lends itself well to animation, because to try to do a scene like with Bart being strangled by the lamp and Maggie floating, which in the in the late in the 90s, would you been able to do that live action without, you know, floating coats, without seeing the wires? You know what I mean? You wouldn't have been able to really yeah, do point. that. What's the problem? We get a bunch of priests in here. I'm not going to live in a house of A lot of fun little devices. Don't be so stubborn! We're not talking about a few dollars. We're talking about a few thousand dollars. I love how Homer tries to see the upside. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> so what's happening now? <laughs> yeah, kind of like he did in uh, Call of the Simpsons. He's always trying to think positively. Did it imply he only bought the house for three grand? That's a great deal. They are all against you, Bart. You must kill them all. They all must die. Moving walls? Yeah, it's a nice little subtle touch. I... Yes, I am. Yes! <laughs> so, there have been a couple of neat little gags so far, right? Like, right off, as you mentioned right off the bat, Chris, like, this is still The Simpsons. They're still able to put those little things in there without taking it too much away from the horror story. They are. We're getting a hint of Homer for, for a future Halloween episode. A little bit of Shining, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a direct Shining, and, and Maggie is an exorcist, right? Mm-hmm. I guess saying it out loud is different. I never really never really realized how many horror movie um, references are packed into this couple of minutes here. My favorite is Maggie with the little butter knife. The pen knife? Yeah. <laughs> that's Everybody. Everyone has an appropriately appropriately sized weapon. That's true. Yeah. Oh, Maggie's face. Sorry. And sandwich. <laughs> Marge doesn't have an evil bone in her body. That's why she was not susceptible. <laughs> Probably. Makes sense. I don't care what I said. This family has had its differences, and we've squabbled, but we never had knife fights before. And I blame. But we never had knife fights before, and I blame this house. <laughs> yeah, they had electrocution fights. That's... Oh, yeah. Pocahontas, Tonto, not so crazy horse, crazy horse, sitting bull. Yeah, Gandhi. So, so, funny story from the commentary. All the writers were really mad about the not so crazy horse tombstone, and they thought the animators put it in, but really it was Mike Reese at the last minute told the animators to do it because he thought it would be a good joke, and it cheesed off everybody when they saw it in color. They're like, what? Who put that joke in? And he's like, ha ha, ha ha ha. That doesn't surprise me because that seems like if you know Mike Reese's sense of humor, he seems to have a very childish sense of humor. 
Mm -hmm. So that does not surprise me. Your intestines will rise. I love how Mad March gets. And, like, just the Your animation in this bit. It's pretty good. Like, backgrounds are moving. And... It's a really complicated episode. This yeah. has to be the like, most complicated episode. This motion of the right? shot the is so complex. Trying to push us around. Stop saying those horrible things and show some manners. She just put that house in its place. Look at me. I've never been so angry. My hands are shaking. Better than your eyes bursting. Yeah. Do it again. What? Make the walls bleed. No. Again, Homer looking hey, on the bright man, side. Own you. Let's see some blood. <laughs> I don't have to entertain you. Come on, man. Do it. Do the blood thing. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Why are you trying to scare us? Are you trying to keep us from getting close? The Simpsons to try to make. Well, Bart Maybe makes an unreasonable you? request. Leave and me alone. Like, Lisa's, Lisa's hey, trying listen, to be good, and Marge is just still angry. My name is Marge yeah, there's a lot of Simpsons rationale that, like, you really see later on that the characters so would do this. Like, this makes a lot of sense, that they would ask these questions. Can I have a minute to think yeah, about Yeah, Bart this? would egg the house on, Lisa would try to figure out, like, what, uh, what they can do to make the house feel hmm. better. Life with the Simpsons. What choice do I have? The animation on this part coming up, I just absolutely oh, love the house imploding. Oh, so good. It's still good. It's still beautiful. You can't help but feel a little rejected. Well, I hope they can go back to their their original house. Oh yeah? Yeah, that that was a lot though. Like I really never have just sat down and Talked about how many references were in there. Well done, well done. It was just a warm up for this mockery tale, which I call Hungry Are the Damned. Nice spooky writing. Shane, quick trivia question. I'll, I'll oh, get Chris okay. to ask because I know she already knows it. What is the <laughs> <laughs> What is the third alien's name? Oh, shoot. That's the one that cries, too, right? He's the cook, <laughs> no? To speak Indeed. it correctly, we would have to rip out your tongue. Right. I just damn. Uh, okay, one of you, one of you, tell me. <laughs> I still have my tongue, so you know. Uh, is it Sorlak or Sarlak the preparer? Yes. That's all he does. Nice. Ah, this like gag. Yeah. This gag went from being in a Halloween episode to then actually going into an actual episode. Yes. Lisa the vegetarian. Because everyone loved the the barbecue bit. <laughs> the color in this one is so well done. Like, great choices by the animators. This upcoming bit is one of my favorites. Yes, this is one of my all-time <laughs> favorites. And they actually made it um, a running gag anytime Homer is getting abducted by Kang or Kodos. He, he gets abducted a different way every time. That's right. There's even a little bit of a nod to you never really know where Springfield could be because when this, the ship goes up, you can see like desert mountains in the background. So it's like you really never know where Springfield is right off the bat. American. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do with this man? Kodos and I are taking you to Rigel 4. 
a world of infinite delights to tantalize your senses and I like how the look of the aliens evolved look, over time like they look they look kind of look like the aliens from Bart's uh, space mutants uh movies but they still they're their own very distinct thing I love it I love their design yeah especially the one eye because all the like the main bad guy aliens in Bart versus the Spate means they they were like the Cyclops one eye type thing right and kind of like the the tentacly slithery thing yeah they were like these gigantic kind of blobs that could transform into different things especially um uh, when it was uh, Space Mutants Down Under, and then it's got a little pouch, <laughs> like a kangaroo for a, for a baby space alien. <laughs> but we're talking about this episode. Lisa's not a vegetarian yet, so she's really getting into that fried shrimp. And all Marge wants is radish rosettes, like she's just eating radishes? Yeah, how did they come up with that? Like, I didn't really get that when I was a kid, that that's the joke, that it's something simple, that she would just have a radish, like... That's not a bad little gag. I, I think just to carve them out, it's very hard, so it seems very intricate to her, I suppose. We have one million channels. Who here has HBO? No, that would cost extra. I do not have HBO because it costs extra. I do have Pong, though. I, I have a retro um, arcade collection on my PlayStation, so I do have Pong. Harder than it looks. Anyone it is a challenge. A lot of gags in this one. Like, like there's a lot of really good lines, visual oh, gags. I like their sarcasm. Sorry. I just You're love their sassiness. Nice. Like yeah. Bart raises his hand. <laughs> Dinner time. Hey, how come we never see you guys eat? Oh, uh, we wouldn't want to spoil our appetite for. The great feast when we land on Rigel 4. Ooh, just the delivery, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're like, totally, we're just fasting because we got this big thing happening, but you guys should totally eat, you know? <laughs> and then that, that, really play it up, like they're gonna eat them. Yeah, that misdirection too, when they take the, uh, lids off of the, the, whatever those things are, off of the plates, and like, Marge and Homer's heads are sitting on top of the, on the plates, on level with them. Mm -hmm. Nice and They're all drooling so much. I remember in the commentary that um, that was really hard to constantly animate. But the constantly animators drools. wanted to do it because they're like, no, no, we love the drooling. Yeah, it's, it is. A I'm glad touch. they did. They really wouldn't be yeah. the same without it. Yeah. They wouldn't be as terrifying if they weren't drooling the entire time. Agreed. This will give these humans the perfect flavor. Yeah, I could listen to what James a fantastic! Yeah, 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 I was gonna say his voice is fantastic. The way he hits perfect in that line. Awesome. Great lighting. Don't you see what's yeah. happening here? They're fattening us up so they can eat us. His lips are covered in sauce, but the spaghetti's not. But I can live with that. <laughs> like some some sauce. It's just like I love how what kind of messy eaters Homer and Bart both are. Nobody, but nobody eats the Simpsons. I beg your pardon. Don't I love this little double mystery. Being threatened with a breadstick. It's a harmless book. It's just a little dusty. Wait a minute. 
There's still more space dust on here. Uh-huh. <sighs> Let me get this straight. You thought they thought we were going the to Double misdirection. Them. Well done. Good yep. God. Is this some kind of joke? No. Training codas are two of my favorite characters. Like, it's great that we only see them once a year, though. Yeah, you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, it keeps, yeah. Kind of on the same scale as Mole Man. Like, the way they kind of throw them in. You can't overdo it, or it, it, it loses its, its special quality. Would you ever want an episode entirely Kang Kodos? You know what? I wouldn't mind it. If it were the right kind of story, yeah. I would not mind it. I don't or think they've done it. Or if House of Horrors where they happen to all be Kang and Kodos ones. Mm. I wonder if you could do something where there were a different kind of alien race that were trying to like take over the area and then Springfield knowing, hey... Remember those two other guys? What were those guys? Did they try to get Kang and Kodos to come back to fight the other aliens? Maybe? I don't know how funny that would be. Just off the top of my head. Come on, writers, get on that. <laughs> yeah, that's their job. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Something scary happened. Yeah. Hey, Poindexter, it's Halloween. Put the book away. For your information, I'm about to read you a classic tale of terror by Edgar Allan Poe. Wait a minute. That's now, I don't know how common it is to learn about Edgar Allan Poe in schools in Canada, but in the States, it is part of their English classes because he's a great American writer. So a lot of Americans would know what The Raven is. Oh, it's interesting because we definitely didn't have it. Well, I didn't. No, I, didn't have it. I did not, know. Uh, there was also I didn't have access to internet. Yeah. Oh, so many good gags, so many good Edgar Allan Poe jokes. Like I'm a, I'm a fan of his writing. So, even in the background, just all the little bits they put in. Did you ever watch that Gilmore Girls episode, the Edgar Edgar Allan Poe one? You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it because uh, it's not Gilmore Girls isn't a cartoon, so you know, <laughs> yeah, a little tricky for me to get into. Sorrow for the lost Lenore. for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. Silken, sad, uncertain, rustling of each purple curtain <laughs> filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. Man, the emotion that, so that James puts into that read, like, heart, I stood oh. repeating, a visitor entreating absolutely yeah. perfect. Presently, my soul could anybody have done this, like, off the top of your head, thinking, could anybody have done this better than him? Said I. Or Madam, Sam Neill would be up there. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, so gently you came rapping, it's so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scared was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Like Morgan Freeman has a similar, but it's not really the same. Like he, it's not the same. No. Yeah, his 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 reading cadence is different. Yeah. So I I don't think this would be a Morgan Freeman thing. I think um, even if you took um something louder than before. 
uh, like David Tennant, if you haven't seen him do uh, in uh, Good Omens. Oh, he's great. Um, he would do a fantastic reading as well. Um, and Michael Shane is brilliant, too. Michael Shane is a great dramatic actor, great classic dramatic actor. Uh, he would be fantastic in this, too. I'm thinking um, Christopher Walken would probably be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Walken do it. Well, actually, imagine, no, I, I kind of want to see it. Imagine Gilbert Gottfried doing it. Though thy crest be swan unshaven. <laughs> My uh, crest is torn and shaven. Okay, <laughs> okay. I do like how Bart interrupts it because, like, I bet you a lot of kids at the time, if they were in Bart's position, probably would have said the same thing. Like, hey, you know what would have been scarier than nothing? Anything. Like, they might not get it. And that's like, the thing. Like Remember, gonna... he's hearing Lisa read it. He's not hearing James Earl Jones read it. Exactly. I'm not scared of Lisa reading this. I'm scared with James Earl Jones read this. Reads this. I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest and a nice plutonian shore. No, it's fun playing this live at trivia and everyone starts doing the lines. Do you think you could do this verbatim? Uh, a lot. So take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. And then everyone goes, never more. <laughs> that, I think I have seen this one. When that when that happens, uh, everyone says never more. It's just, it's just fun. We're gonna come up on some great Edgar Allan Poe bits right now. I do remember though, like distinctly, when I was a kid watching this. I thought this part was entertaining. I didn't really know what was going on. Like I had no idea what the hell Homer was saying. Mm-hmm. But it, it still got across. Like even this little gag right here. It still resonated with like, it's a Bart looking raven that's driving home or not. So that hit with me as a kid. Still is sitting yeah. on the pallid bust of Pallas, just still above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be Just the way that this was storyboarded and laid out. It's just beautiful. Lisa, that wasn't scary, not even for a poem. Well, it was written in 1945. Maybe people were easier to scare back then. Oh yeah, like when you <laughs> they probably were. Pretty tame by today's standards. Children, bedtime. I guess I'll have no trouble getting to sleep tonight. Bart's kind of right. Like horror does evolve over time, but like The Exorcist, you watch that. That's that movie's 50 years old now, and that still scares the crap out of me. Like, that's... Still scary. Oh, yeah. Well, there are some things that never... That don't stop being scary. Yeah. Some things do, some things oh, don't, no, right? Arch, come on, please. Oh, Clowns will always be scary. They're just children's stories. Pazuzu taking over a child. Always scary. Yeah. <laughs> the the flash of uh, Pazuzu in that movie, like, that, that scared the shit out of me. As a child, I had nightmares about that. The face. What a fantastic episode, though. Oh, so good. So good. 
so that's a wrap on the first Treehouse of Horror. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. The references mm-hmm. in part one, the gags, both visual and just great writing, a bunch of Mr. X in Act 2. And then in Act 3, they were able to take, like Lisa said, something from 1845 yep. and still make it relevant and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to change... Ooh. my rating and Ooh. bump it up a bit I said an 8 uh, I'm going with an 8.5 because that Aha. was very well done loved it absolutely loved it um, Shane are you sticking with your 8 uh, I'll do 8.6 Ooh, slightly better he, he always gives more generous ratings than I do regardless uh, what what got the bump for you Shane um, you know what? I think I was watching with you, with both of you. I watch this every year and it was fun. Like I enjoyed it more than I usually do watching it with both of you. Honestly, it was a good time. Um, See? Yeah. this is why I do trivia so there that everyone go. watches these episodes together. I yell at everyone. They try to yell <laughs> back. Like the show is just meant to be watched with people who, who get the humor of the show. It's just so much more fun that way. 100% agree. It really is like it's if you watch the show, regardless of what episode it is with somebody who doesn't really understand the humor, it's it's definitely not as enjoyable, though. I guess you can see that for any show. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed watching this one um, with you two. It kind of makes it even better to go over the lines and we're all kind of thinking on the same page mm-hmm. about what hits home with funny. But what about you, Chris? What did, are you sticking with an 8.5? I'm sticking with my 8.5. I knew I was right. I knew I had the right. That's true, yeah. Yeah. I I remember this episode, like, shot for shot, almost word for word, and, like, I watch it every year, sometimes twice a year if I'm in the mood, and you know what? It's one of the first episodes I think they've done that holds up over time. They put a lot of effort into the animation because they wanted to make it spectacular. It's one of the better animated season two episodes. Um, and the, even though it's a Halloween episode, the characters are still the characters. You know, they're not doing something weird and wacky. They're still acting like they would in the show, even though they're part of stories. Everyone's still the same. No one's acting out of character. It's great. Yes, it really does feel like a Simpsons episode. Um, instead of just an episode for the sake of doing one that either parodies something or just throws in a bunch of references for the sake of doing so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. This is definitely the first episode, I would say, throughout the first two seasons. So this is the 16th episode overall that would have aired. And yeah, I, I would say that this is the first one that I could go back to over and over again. The other ones had some parts in season one, but this is the one that really holds up. And of the of the series thus far, this is the one where you could go back to over and over and over again. Oh yeah. Um, favorite gag from this uh, from this one? There's a lot to choose from. Um, Chris, I'm going to start with you. What was your favorite gag from this one? I think one of my morph up. Hmm. It's probably when everyone's picking up all their knives and Marge picks up her picks up her uh, serrated bread knife and then everyone's ready to stab everyone and she's just making a sandwich. <laughs> just, just the nice misdirect. Such a good misdirect, I think, on that part. Um, of course, the uh, the 
the 440 humans, the, the, the cookbook gag. Yeah. Always, always up there. Um, and, uh, just even just the Raven looking like Bart, I think it's just like, I guess, perfect casting, I guess you can say for all yeah. the characters yeah. in, uh, in that, because yeah, who's more annoying. Who's the most annoying Simpson who would just try to get under someone's skin. That would be Bart. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, Shane, what do you got? Best gag. Uh, I was going to agree with 40 humans, but also on top of that, uh, the fact that, uh, I already forgot his name again, but the fact that he's so upset that uh, he slaved away at all their food and he's crying. Um, oh, poor The combination of both. Yes, sir. Uh, that's probably my favorite. It's, but it's mind funny. you, the, the barbecue gag was a close second. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Um, I do, you know what, now that you say that with, with Sarah crying, uh, like it's something that you would have never seen before from like the, the supposed villain. I know it's a misdirect and they aren't really villains, but you would never have seen that from the, the bad guy or something like that, who uh, is supposed to be this menacing alien crying because uh, his feelings got hurt essentially. So that is a, that is a pretty uh, cool little gag and it really hadn't ever been done before, but I have to go with Homer um, being uh, too fat to be pulled up into the ship with just the one uh, beam and they have to use the double beam and like he's so girthy that he weighs down an entire who knows how much the ship weighs but he is that center of gravity that he's able to do yeah. that to just show how how big homer is i love that one that that is a a fantastic gag but there are so many to choose from um this uh was a wonderful wonderful episode chris i'm so glad you were able to join us for this one and you're gonna do another one with us too aren't you i am it, yes we were gonna do uh two cars in every garage three eyes on uh, every fish so that one is uh, coming up soon before we finish uh, this episode it's plug time uh, Chris go first one more time if somebody wants to is really curious about joining Simpsons trivia uh, for a uh, Wednesday evening where can they go to find all the information out yeah there's two ways a couple different ways actually you can follow us at woohoo trivia to on Twitter I usually post the location and time you can email woohoo trivia toronto at gmail.com if you want to pre-register your team for our next event um and you can join the woohoo classic simpsons trivia toronto group if you want to get the facebook invites if your profile picture is a, a simpsons character it makes it easier for me to approve you um there are some questions uh to answer before you join so make sure you get those right and start instead of just saying yes Yes, yes, okay, I agree to your rules. Yes, I live in Houston. That's usually uh, <laughs> what most people's replies are. Um, and uh, it is the second Wednesday of every month at the dive shop. Starts First episode goes up at 7.30. Trivia usually starts at 8. Uh, and it is an absolutely cromulent time. Uh, our next one, let me look at a calendar, is uh, September 14th. So it's not too, too far away, which means I got to start writing questions, guys. Yes. And, and there, there's, I don't think I've ever come across a repeat. You come up with some amazing questions. Very tough, mind you. Keep that in mind if you are going to do that. And lastly, uh, Chris, how big is a team size, if anybody's wondering? Uh, team size is a minimum of one, maximum of six. And we don't allow uh, 
we don't allow phones out. You got to put away your iPhones, your Newtons, your pagers, your Blackberries, your cheat sheets. This is a trivia night based around uh, how long, how uh, much you watch the show uh, every day after school for the past 10 years, four times a day, not how fast you can Google something. Exactly. And um, my, my word uh, to anybody who's interested, if you are new, don't name your team, Team Discovery Channel. There's always somebody who does it, come up with something no. better. Um, no, you get, you get booed. Yeah, you, 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 get you, get, booed. you will get booed. She's not making it yeah. up. You will get booed. Yeah. Uh, Shane, our plugs. Sure. Uh, so everyone follow us on Twitter. If you tweet at Simpsons underscore EBE for episode by episode. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, please be sure to follow us on Spotify and also rate us on Spotify. And uh, yes, thank you everyone who listened to this episode and uh, happy Halloween. Uh, Nick, anything you want before I roll that Toyota commercial? Uh, no, because I'm very curious. It was uh, Chris who brought this commercial to our attention. So let's roll that Toyota commercial. Let's go. Thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. Yvonne at Niage. Let's shine a new car, boy. Congratulations, Homer. You got yourself a dandy, deedly doodly car. Introducing the roomier, more powerful Toyota Corolla. Pretty jealous, eh, Flanders? Just a smidgely widgely. <laughs> now with a standard driver-side airbag and more value than ever. But you know, Homer, I kind of prefer my new car, eh? Oh, yeah? What kind of car do you have? Surprise, neighbor! I just bought a new Corolla wagon! <laughs> the all-new Corolla by Toyota. A welcome addition to any family.